I've literally said, hey, you know, uh, I, I understand you're quite busy at the moment, and that's fine. Um, but if if you if you can't if you can't get back to me, we we we, we want to submit by this date. Then um, we're mm. going to have to relook at the authorship order. And lo and behold, mm. a day later, there's their nice contribution to the paper. Oh, what a fucking surprise! But you, you know what it also does? It makes them. It makes them think. It one. You also you're fully entitled. No one's ever going to go. How dare you ask questions of the author in your own paper? It doesn't matter how senior. How dare they, they are, do how work? Fancy they are. Like how dare you request work from someone who wants to be involved as an author? <laughs> Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana and I'm from the University of Oslo and I'm here with James Heathers from Northeastern University. James, Hi. how's it going? Yeah, good. It's just another day in paradise, man. The city's heating up and it smells. Um, but there's a, a, there's a bright spark in the sky, Daniel. A small bright spark. Do you know what it is? No, well, tell me. They lost at the sports last night, so everyone's sad. Ah, <laughs> Which sport was this? Um, the hockeys. The hockeys, yeah. The slidey hockey, the 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 ice hockey. What are slidey hockey? It's so hard to see the puck. I don't I don't know how how it's a spectator sport. I have never managed that. Um, it's just yelling, sliding, and violence to me. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm glad that um the um Toronto piss cats won the thing. Because it makes everyone sad for a couple of days, and it really clears the transport out because everyone's uh, like hung over the next day. So it's really nice to get the train to work. Yeah, yeah that 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 is the kind of thing that I'm left with when it comes to the appreciation of um, these sorts of sports. I um, can't really get. I'm not very good at kind of team activities. I'm not saying don't collaborate with me. I'm saying I'm 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 bad at sort of feeling tribal membership of just about anything. Is there any so, team sport that you, that you watch? Um, no, no. I uh, occasionally I watch cricket, which is just my colonial hangover showing. And when I do, I always go for the scruffiest team in history. I always want to see some guy from Afghanistan coming out with three shoes and no socks and just battering someone who makes a million billion dollars doing it. So, but that's because, you know, you grow up in a place, you have an inherent understanding of how that ridiculous sport works. So you just sort of passively <laughs> consume it. And everyone in Australia knows that cricket is primarily for sleeping through on Boxing Day after you've gotten over the fact that you have to talk to your relatives the day before. Oh, it's great for that. No one, no yeah. one watches it. It's just, it's just, it's just in the background. It's great. Exactly. People don't understand that cricket is the the most passive sport. I mean, that's the thing that's best. You don't have to pay the slightest bit of attention to it. And whenever anything exciting happens, they recap it four hundred times anyway. So you can always catch up on the narrative. What what other sport can you walk out of for ninety minutes and then come back and <laughs> come everything's back again. Oh, fine? No, there we. I wonder they sell so much beer at the actual cricket ground. They, you know, it's like, oh, I couldn't leave my seat for a second. I don't want to miss a thing. Eh, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> even even the spectators at the field aren't even watching the game. It's great. Oh no, I mean the, the primary activity going to the cricket is um, you know, what what do you bring back from the cricket? Sunburn, new diseases, um, a hangover. 
probably an empty wallet after they charge you too much money for lager. Yeah, uh, sink sinking the schooners. No, Wait. Jen, I'm I'm bad. I'm bad at I'm I'm bad at tribalism. Honestly, yeah. it just doesn't, and it, it filters through. I don't play competitive sports with um people that I work with. Um, I haven't for years. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> just that's just not good. Oh, yeah, the, what's going to happen? You know, like oh, come and play casual soccer or casual softball or something someone's getting one of you're going to get me a bat and the other one i got carte blanche to stomp people it's not going to happen <laughs> no it's just no not a good idea you know and there's always someone who does it there's always some fucking weekend hero usually think think any any sort of uh, associate professor who's about five foot four who suddenly discovers his bollocks he left behind 20 years ago thinks he's going to body check you yeah. that guy's leaving with a ruptured spleen fuck that were we going to actually talk about anything useful? Yeah, we, we got a really interesting uh, listener email. Um, we got, got a listener from this email a, a few days ago, and uh, we asked them whether they could um, uh, go into a bit more specifics. And uh, they, they sent us an email just in time, just before we were about to record. And um, it's a really interesting one looking at their lab environment. And uh, a few questions around that. So I thought, James, why don't you read this one out yeah. and give us give, give us and the listeners a bit of a background? I keep I keep flirting with the uh, I keep flirting with the idea of doing a PhD only podcast, and then you know uh, these things turn up, and like this is why. Keep that in mind. This is exactly why. This is one of the primary reasons we started a podcast in the first place, is so we could have conversations like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with that, with that being said, with that, with all due community spirit being established, let's get to the horror, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So, redacted, 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 redacted. Okay. So, here we go. What makes this, obviously I'm going to read excerpts because it's long. What makes this a terrible place to work at is the P.I., um, it's a lab in the, oh, it's affiliated with the social sciences. Let's just say it's a social science lab. So what makes this a terrible place to work at is the PI. He expects manuscript suggestions to be followed 100% of the time. No discussion. Do what I tell you. Trust my experience. Some of these suggestions are actually useful. Others are absolutely terrible or factually wrong. Pointing out factual wrongness leads to statements about being right anyway <laughs> somehow. Um, I should point out at this uh, at this juncture that this is not just me being stubborn. There's just zero leeway in anything ever. Um, second point, creates a culture of surveillance, be it the lab whether you're required to be there or not. <sighs> no usable working from home policy definitely no sitting on a park bench or something i guess and uh manipulates people rather than talking openly will never directly tell you what's up has almost no time to meet and thus is highly uninformed about projects yet makes high level decisions which shall not be questioned yet are obviously often terrible due to being uninformed you provide the missing information you get ignored 
Replies to emails by responding. This one drives me fucking nuts. Replies to emails by responding to the first point raised, ignoring the other points, thus not allowing this as an effective medium for communication. (sighs) Insists on using old-timey practices. (laughs) Evaluate at point oh seven. Let's test a few more subjects. Alternatively, evidence of no difference between groups at P equals point one. No modern statistical <laughs> practices. It's all fancy and unnecessary. Let's go back to stones, rocks, twigs, and string, drawing in the dirt like Pythagoras and hoping to getting stabbed <laughs> by the Romans. This isn't just me. Anyone who ever works here or anyone who works or has ever worked here has suffered. It's actually hard to put into words what makes our lives miserable, but we all definitely feel it mentally and physically. All right. Well, that's the first half, Dan. Um, If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go scrub my eyes with bleach and a toothbrush. This is the first thing I thought of was this reminds me of a this reminds me of like an old school biology lab rather than a social science kind of lab. I yeah maybe it was maybe those details weren't included on the way through i don't know but it's a, this is i've heard all of these at some point before um both personally and obviously online uh it's it's all a kind of a collective consequence when i, I think about this of how this pi sees his his role and when some people say I I am in charge, um, when they say that to themselves, I am the principal investigator. I only investigate principles. I am a principled man. They see themselves quite literally as the conduit for everything. Um, they don't really see the people who work for them as people rather than kind of a means to an end so i i very much get the sort of like we all feel sort of dehumanized it's hard to explain how dehumanized we are it's because you're working for someone who doesn't think that you have agency basically so you're being it's it's like being a child and having having a, a mother who has insane rules i'm not saying you're a child i'm saying as someone who is in a position of authority who literally feels entitled to be right like they're they're right by virtue of position Mm. um yeah nothing's better at curing that in you than twitter when you meet people who are 10 years younger than you and they're already way better at something that you sort of have a half interest in than you will ever be and you don't even really fully understand what they're saying um this is this also happened. I mean, I've had some vague forays into math sometimes, and you find out how these, uh, how like young mathematicians who've worked on one particular problem are, and you look at it and you just think, yeah, age is bullshit. Um, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> never gonna. I could spend the rest of my life and my comparatively old ass looking at this, uh, this, this problem that this person's working, and I'm never gonna have this level of insight. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, there's a lot of this. The, the internalized rightness is also a problem because that means that everything you do, when you screw this up, say you write a paper with this dude, right? And there's parts of it that are 
not particularly uh, accurate uh, or worse, uh, just, you know, I mean, it literally says factually incorrect here. Mm. <laughs> Pointing out factual wrongness leads to statements about being right anyway. That's what I explained. It's that, that entitlement. It's that they, they, they're literally in charge of reality as far as they're concerned. Yeah. Um, when when that's externalized and you get reviews and people write back and go, no, I mean this is the kind of this is the kind of born to rule motherfucker that blind review was designed to circumvent in the first place, <laughs> right? So there's sort of there's there's a problem when reality comes in conflict with someone like this, and what they do immediately is uh, go back into the lab, and then it's never their fault. I mean, they write their big paper, they make a bunch of shit decisions. Uh, they, they say something really dumb. They make other people implement it. They do it, and then they bring it back after getting the old Dutch bounce. Oh, can you explain up. that briefly? The Dutch uh, bounce, because I love it. Yeah, if it's <laughs> yeah, um, I have a lot of dumb jargon and slang in my life because Australians do that as a kind of a matter of reflex more than anything else. Um, when you bounce a paper, you reject it quickly, hmm. um, as opposed to being desked, which is a desk rejection. So desk desk this quick, bounce this slower. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, editor might even go for like one or two reviews, but the Dutch bounce is where you just go. Uh, please see Daniel Larkin's Coursera, Coursera course. course. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not engaging further with your uh, your your statement that the uh, the experimental power was 850 watts. It's not a toaster. Boing. Go straight back to the author. You know, Dutch I've actually bounce. I've actually done that a few times. Because the the one thing I hate is being <laughs> on the other end of reviews where they say, uh, I don't agree with this, but then they don't offer an alternative. But being a reviewer, if I say, you fundamentally misunderstand this concept, here is the way to understand this concept, uh, see this paper or see this course, uh, I, I say that I'm doing them a favor so they don't make uh, <laughs> mistakes. Kind of the same sort of mistake as well, like 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 the this-, this uh, Emailer uh, list in the email saying that oh yeah it was a group difference between a point one therefore there was no difference between the groups that's just a fundamental misunderstanding of statistics but yes the Dutch bounce this is yeah. good so, so say 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 this PI the fucking little Lord Fontleroy here the the <laughs> the, 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 P, the PI ex- extracted medically from the dead center of Satan's anus let's say this dude writes this paper and it gets bounced. What do you think happens when it goes back into the lab when everyone gets to read the reviews? Because there's, mm-hmm. let's say there's, uh, I don't know, f- I guess five or six co-authors would be normal on a big social sure. science paper. Yeah. What do you think they do when they get those reviews back? D- is it time for them to sort of reflect on the fact <laughs> that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about? Or do they, A, blame other people, B, just assume that this is part of someone else's strategic move to block their nascent genius <laughs> and see, take it out on everyone around them like it's their fault. Um, I, I bet it's some, I, yeah, I bet it's some combo play of those things. But it's definitely going to be, it, it's, it's going to be a case of blaming the students going, oh, go back and collect some more data or, or implicitly saying you didn't p-hack hard enough. Well, yeah, which isn't going to help if that's what you're getting um, that's what you're getting railed up for to start with. Yeah, but, but yeah. It, look, this the other thing is this um, th- there's absence in this context 
Like I've I've heard this. This is this is very much a biology lab. Yeah, thing. you get a big I biology totally lab. Agree. You get multiple multiple rolling structural grants. The PI is either away or out trying to raise money or at a conference or hanging out with their their friends doing some you know there's some trade show in town there's something right they're never there so they can't exercise a lot of direct oversight there's the alternative is trusting people but they still and you know they're not going to go around doing that but they're still afraid of losing control so what do you do in that situation well you make things inconsistent is the first thing um you get people to knock on each other Right, some of these people literally end up with a lab snitch. I've heard of yeah. this a few times. Yeah, so like have I. The, yeah. the, the 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 lab manager or something. That person is a knock. Um, and they and, and they, they get all the perks and the benefits and the uh, the second authorships when they don't deserve the second authorships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the golden child syndrome. The golden yeah. child syndrome uh, is almost invariably a product of. This is the person that I confide in. This is the person who is like getting along with me personally. They may even realize that they're being sort of butted up or soft touched by this lab manager or potentially grad student. And they may not care because they see this whole sort of web of human interaction as kind of transactive, Mm. Um, which is related, of course, to the response to the review in the first place. It's like someone else is playing games with me because that's literally what we do. That's how they do it, yes. Right, it's a build out of this. It's this whole sort of scholasticism of, you know, build papers, stack stuff. If you've got enough of them, eventually you get lots of money, a funny title, and a wristy. It's it's not – oh, you can explain what that is to (laughs) the listeners, Daniel. I'll, I'll, I'll let the listeners use their imaginations for what a wrist is. I thought that was yeah. international. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. Just, yeah. You can, you can a re- a wristy behind the you sheds. Can, uh, yeah. I didn't know sheds would be involved. No. This has taken Dan back to high school. Back, back to high school. Um, well, look, but yeah, look, it's, it's so right. Is, so, look. The, the the I'm sorry I'm I'm sorry I'm nearly done but you know I give a shit about this so I know I tend to run on um a a lot of the like the the combination of the 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 kind of arbitrary nature of a lot of this even if they don't realize it the 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 arbitrary uh the arbitrary decisions the partial information um the kind of mutual knocking it's all deliberate or otherwise evolved or kind of um, uh, like for, on the basis of a decision, right? regardless of where it came from, it's essentially uh, it's essentially a control. It's essentially a control mechanism. I, I don't um, think, I don't necessarily think it's a conscious thing, but it is something which has worked for them in the past because that's just what the system rewards. And of course, they, they, they're just going to keep doing it because it's worked for them in the past. Yeah. So, and the part that I like least out of all of these points, I'm not going to reiterate through them, but there's one here that says, manipulates people rather than talking openly will never tell you what's up. That's like the nexus of information control thing, right? Yeah. I'll tell you what, we can, you, can, you can tell anyone who's had these own experiences, let me lay a few more things on you. And if you've had this happen to you, you can tell me whether or not I'm correctly describing someone that you've never like i've never met before you can tell me whether or not this makes any sense um sudden changes in directions in projects like everything's fine everything's fine everything's fine you're making progress you're you're getting forward maybe it's slower than you'd like but you know 
strong track record of everything making sense. Um, and then they disappear for six weeks and then turn up with a better idea of what you need to be doing. Uh, completely change their mind about how they feel about your project, make an arbitrary decision to either change the direction or put you on something else completely. That's one. Um, oscillating between being reasonably civil about something and then like and but like just enough for you to think, all right, maybe they're being perfectly reasonable today and then immediately snapping back to dick behavior or similar. Um, so it, it gives you a kind of a, a sense that you can never really predict what they're going to do next uh, to the extent where you sort of forget that, you know, you work in a fucked up situation. Hmm. Suddenly you snap your fingers and um, uh, it's all really terrible and you go, oh, right, I remember why it sucks here. But it feels like you're remembering it rather than you have this like continual level of encroaching shitness. It's more sort of uh, like everything's sort of neutral and it's punctuated by sharp bursts of shitness. And then you suddenly remember from scratch, oh, right, I feel like I'm experiencing this all over again. Right? Um. Suddenly getting excited by a new idea that's not necessarily relevant. Um, they suddenly they they see some some topic uh, <laughs> and they suddenly think, all right, we're going to go for that, and they get all militant about it, and then put you on it and blame you when it doesn't work. Mm. Um, because people who are this sort of careerist are almost always ambulance chasers when it comes to topics. Um, obviously there's look the specialists as well, but within the sort of specialty, oh, this thing came up, well, we've got to work on it because it's cool, uh, or we've got to work on it because people will pay attention to us is is of infinitely more importance than we've got to work on it because this is a good idea. Yeah. Look, yeah. I could keep I could keep going and going, but I, what I, do you think? Yeah, like uh, there's a few there's a few labs in my mind, none none that I've worked for. Uh, thankfully um and yeah all those things just tick, tick all those boxes there and the worst thing is that unpredictability uh just that idea of you know p- people people talking in the lab oh what what's their mood like today do i do i it's, is this the day that i ask them if i can go on ho- if i can go on that you know two-day holiday type thing and that's just not a nice place to work in it's not a nice environment i can't remember a time when you haven't been relatively sunny i think you've been reasonably lucky navigating through the the process yeah. of all this yeah, super, super, super lucky, and but but still close enough to a f- to a f- to a few labs to uh to to realize how how bad things can really oh, get. You're always you're always going to hear the stories, and look, it's worse it's worse here in other places that I've been. I mean, in this town, yeah, I just get because that. of the 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 density of. I mean, who do you, who do you think gets employed to do the the um, the the the, the money grubbing weasel dick grad student who's on twelve papers who always gets like chucked the leftover data set to make something useful out of who's shining things up is the grad the student with- who wouldn't say no. Yeah, that's the fucker with 20 papers. That's the fucker who comes in and then ends up repeating all the incredibly terrible sort of acquisitive habits. Like a blind squirrel collecting fucking marbles instead of acorns for the winter, like amassing a huge pile of what essentially amounts to fuck all. It was like more information than anybody could ever hope to go through and unfuck. This, um, this sort of situation really only makes sense in a type of lab where data is relatively easy to to collect. Because in that situation, then you can easily go, oh, let, let, let's change research directions. Let's let's uh, let's collect more participants. So either an animal lab, 
uh, or a, a sort of an M Turkey type lab uh, or a lab where you can just get through research participants. Just, I, I don't know. I just don't see how this is realistic uh, for a lab where you're working with more difficult population because you can't all of a sudden just change research directions in that context. So, yeah, I think there's something mm. to be said there. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. The accessibility of what you need to produce a research output, as much as saying that, leaves a bad taste in my mouth, it very much determines how some yeah. of this stuff gets structured on the back end. Um, it also, like, I mean, when that crosses over with contracts and jobs and shit, I mean, you go somewhere, you work for six to 12 months, you get some good shit done, but then you have to go back to doing another job. You never get a chance to do anything with it. Um, it it's soft, soft money things like that just breed lost projects and loose ends. And those things turn into resources that get handed around and sometimes they get handed around in a really fucked up way. Um, I think that, yeah, people who, for whatever reason, are able to stick around in a certain lab uh, or, or in a certain research center are the ones who win just by being able to stick around because there are so many people that are only there for sort of six months, a year, collect all the stuff, and there's no follow-through. There's no follow-through when it comes to the projects they're working on. There's no follow-through. Um, you know, imagine if they were still there. They'd, they'd, they'd be getting the, the second and third authorships, but they're not there to, 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 to yeah. champion themselves. And I see yeah. it happening so much. And, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad- And it's, it's extra work. It's extra yeah. work for narcissism McFuck here to go cha- <laughs> chase them down, try and put them on the paper. Yeah, like everyone's, everyone who's had multiple jobs in biology has had the experience of seeing a paper come out that they worked mm. on in a meaningful capacity and then seeing the fact that they're suddenly not an author and the stuff in the paper that they literally did and looking at it and going, shit, you could have just emailed. Yeah. That, that, that's you happened know? to me. That's happened to me maybe with three papers I've seen. I'm like, yep, I collected and scored a lot of that data and I'm not even acknowledged just because I wasn't around. Yeah. 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 So, the consideration sort of ends when you're out of the tent. Yeah. But like I said, look, this is obviously someone who doesn't value people. Um, so, I mean, expecting them to do sort of basic considerations, they're just not going to. It's a scientific equivalent of someone who goes to the dodgiest tax accountant in town and just takes every possible dodgy fucked up deduction <laughs> and like screws it down to the absolute last dead set penny. None of this sort of, oh, well, you know, I'm paying tax, civic duty, et cetera, et cetera. But they, they fully and completely and dodgily right up to but not really getting over the point of being violently illegal. Um, just because it's theirs. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really selfish people in science and I don't have the, I don't have the boot leather to kick them all up the ass, man. This is why it, it helps to do a podcast. Now, <laughs> thousands of people can go out and uh, find someone who's like this and tell them I said, fuck you. Uh, I, I met some more people uh, on my recent trip, uh, more, more listeners, and th- that that was the basic thing going. I thought I was the only person in my lab that that's going through this stuff. Like you, you guys, uh, it, it, it's such a, it's almost therapy hearing other people that I'm not the only one. So I'm I'm glad that we can do this. Yeah, yeah. I've always I've always said that's my favorite aspect of it, and you know, I mean, before podcasts were really a thing, obviously I ate a ton of shit um, getting through various bits and pieces of my entire graduate education. So, but, you know, also I'm not really the suffer in silence kind of type in case you hadn't noticed. 
Um, more of those like suffer while setting the problem on fire and kicking its mum. So, what are you going to do, huh? Ar- well, once you, you came can in, listen you, to us. You, you, you came cheaper than lab. therapy. <laughs> and and you, I remember once you came into the lab and you're like, Dan, look what I've bought. And you were holding this thing like in your lap. And I, it was like inside this the garbage bag. I'm like, God, what, 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 what has he got here? And you open it up and it was like, I think it was like 20 meters of chain. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and you, you, you look like the cat that stole the milk, and I'm like, what are you going to do with that? Um, I don't even know what you, what you were going to do with that, but you were very happy that you, that you bought this <laughs> 20 meters of chain. I think it was to do with some of your strongman stuff. I don't know. Do you, does, does that ring a bell? 20 meters. Of- 25 <laughs> meters. 25 meters of chain. Okay. My, my, I had my- to go to a marine auction house to get it. <laughs> it was super, super, super cheap. We cut it up with an angle grinder and we used it to weight squats and make kind oh, of chain yeah, bandoliers yeah, yeah, yeah. Of for doing uh, for doing chin ups and uh, body weight exercises. Yeah. So you can. It's the easiest way to make your torso twenty kilos heavier is to get two big loops of chain and put it on. And you think for ten seconds, you go, "Oh, look, I look like Rambo," and then it starts pinching <laughs> your skin, and you don't feel like Rambo at all. <laughs> so it's it's mar- mar- marine grade enough enough to moor a ship. Yeah, it was um, it was uh, it was from uh, it was an anchor chain off a uh, a reasonably small ship. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't. Oh, this God. is one of the great regrets of my life. When I went there, there were some fourteen-ton shackle bolts, which is imagine a U-lock of a bicycle, but yeah. the, the the iron on the U-lock is um about maybe an inch and a half thick the whole way around yeah. and uh, like big enough to lock a car to something. <laughs> um, it's just rated to 14 tons and they had a table of these things and I, I could have bought some and I went, no, James, you don't need any enormous shackle yeah. bolts. And then I spent the next two years Regretting about it. all the things I could have done with them. Uh, oh, are you going to train, train some, some, uh, some bloke's car? <laughs> I, I still think I still think of those shackle bolts. Sometimes. It's not too late. It's not too late. I'm, I'm sure you can buy them somewhere in Boston. L- uh, listeners, well, if you have access to shackle bolts, let's know. Yeah, or if if you've got like fifty feet of uh, rusty chain, I'll take that off your hands for a good price. And nothing like chain. It's very handy. Nothing like chains. One question we often get from listeners is how they can support the show, and we have two ways. The first is financially via Patreon, and uh, we have two support tiers. The first one is a dollar a month, and with that, you get the Everything Hurts newsletter, access to behind-the-scenes photos and videos, and that warm feeling that you are supporting the show. Uh, If you join our $5 Professor Fancy Pants tier, you get access to all those things, and in addition to that, uh, an exclusive mini episode, which is released every single month. Our last episode was on ResearchGate, and that was quite popular. So, if you sign up, you get access to all the bonus episodes moving forward, but also the back catalogue of bonus episodes. The second way you can, you can support the show is via social media. We would love it if you could post about the show on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, whatever platform you're using. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's get to the specific questions. Do you want to read these out, James, or should I give it a go? 
Oh, I'll 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 do it. I'm on a roll. Now. Yeah, go yeah, go for it. You you got the okay. You got it. Um, this contract is down to months. Um, I could write one more paper probably based on the data I've collected in this project. Staying would risk my mental health, yeah, even though it's a short period of time. Um, and I get the impression that our correspondent is serious about that mm. due to other factors that I hear. Mm. Um, leaving would mean foregoing this publication, uh, a, a grad student, I'm assuming they don't have many, and properly pissing off the PI who expects the extra paper. This is, I haven't worked in a lot of labs. I imagine future employers might call up this professor and ask about me. What are the real implications in a general sense of leaving a short-term appointment early, assuming it's legally okay and making a potential enemy? I should point out that I have plenty of PhD time left at my home university, so this isn't a job or no job situation. Um, all right, Dan, you go first. Uh, well, I think that last point is important because it seems like um, our correspondent has a situation where they are employed at the university and they can almost choose the lab they can work in or they have some flexibility in the lab they can it's, work in. It sounds it sounds like a visiting appointment. Yeah. Yeah. These yeah. are really, really, really common. I'm, in, in, I'm assuming they're from the US. It's really common here. Yeah, you know? it sounds like it. Um, I mean, this this is really tough. Uh, when it comes to getting the extra paper in that context, I don't think that is worth your mental health going by what's being described here. Um, assuming they're sort of later-ish into their, into their PhD, they might already have a few publications under their belt. And to get one more, I don't know if that's going to be worth it. Um, the, other, the other consideration, though, is whether this PI is going to talk to other PIs. And that really depends on the field as to how much that is actually going to be an issue. Um, but I really, I don't, I don't know, that, that, that for me is the hardest part. And that is the real messed up part of the system. This whole idea, this whole reference letter thing really, really pisses me off. Uh, one, because it wastes people's, wastes people's time. But two, because people use this as almost a threat. Uh, some people explicitly say, if you don't do this thing, I'm not going to write you the nicest letter, whereas other people actually almost always use this implicitly. And it seems like this system is going to be in play here. Um, but I don't know. I, I really don't think- it, it's, it's so hard to say without knowing the specific situation and how small the field is. Uh, but I mean, if you've already got that stuff under the belt and if you can go to a different lab, then I don't think for the sake, just for the sake of the paper, I don't think it's worth it. What do you think? Get the fuck out. Here's my reasoning. Okay, there's three things you can do. Well, I've got a, like a three-step rule for employment, right? Number one, don't starve. Number two, no dickheads. Number three, have fun. That's it. All right, so if we're going back to something that's already stable, it's a matter of like we're visiting here, mm. right? If you're traveling off, you're not going to the fucking breadline. You're going back to continue what's probably a paid position, scholarship, fellowship, details unclear. But if you're going back to something, go the fuck back to it. Mm. Look, you could mean all you – the other thing is, I mean, 
you're going to spend the rest of your career, however the hell long it is, looking back at these papers and, you know, do you want to have to answer questions about them? Do you want, like, anything that it, in them that's problematic or fucked up to come back and haunt you? This is, like, people don't understand what's coming. Look, at some point in time, we're going to have good tools for... Look, imagine I could push a button and we could, like, grim test every paper in history. <sighs> Yeah? Yeah. Imagine every citation cartel ring was findable by just databasing all the information. It, it's a matter of time. A matter of time. Imagine imagine that uh, every impossible piece of data in any given paper was flagged up and then th- errors that are made by multiple authors or things that are the same were cross-matched between databases. You it's think gonna, this shit isn't going to happen? It's going to happen. A matter there's, of when. There's, there's, it, there's a, it's like a huge minefield. Things like that, right? So there's anything that's the matter with it. If it's if it's fucking if it looks p hacked now, it's going to look really fucking p hacked in the future. So the 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 point of problem here is like I'm going to piss this person off. So yeah, I get your point. Small field, uh, talky talky, all sorts of back chat, etc. All right, here's the unknown variable for me. You're going back to study somewhere else and work with someone else, right? You're going to go back and you're going to have another PI. What's the relationship between the PI that you're going to go back and talk to and the lab that you're in right now? Is that person on your side? Did they send you here because they really rate the uh, the work of Dickhead Malone in the first place? Are they special best friends or is this something that you came up because it was your idea? Did you answer an ad in a newspaper? We don't fucking know, mm. right? So- if you go back early and resume your project and tell your boss, hey, you know your best friend in this other project? Yeah, your best friend is a fucking narcissistic piece of camel shit and I hope they get hit by a meteorite is not going to be well received. You're going to spend the entire time watching your tongue. You're not really going to be able to. You're not under any obligation, like legal or otherwise, to explain what this is. I mean, you say anything you want. You can say, I don't like it here. You can say, my mom is sick and I need to go home. Sure. You can say, I've had a better idea for a project elsewhere. It's literally none of their business. You don't have to fucking tell them. It's just a sort of basic tenet of employment law. If you don't yeah. want to be in a place, you don't be in a fucking place, yeah. right? You don't owe them a cookie when you're done. When you're done, you're done. I mean, this is it's it's the flip side of the free market. Then it's going to pass you know? it on to another, another student. Well, yeah, they are, but it's also not going to be you, and you have to be not utterly miserable to be able to do anything about anything. Mm. So, you can't start off with, oh, well, I might as well eat the shit because if that's not the case, then someone else is going to get loan of the fork. So, the thing is, somewhere that you work for a couple of years, you think about this recommendation letter bullshit, listen, you're- Senior collaborators that you work with will write you a letter of recommendation. Your main PI will write you a letter of recommendation. Uh, somewhere that you worked for a little while in two years is not going to be a. It's not going to figure large. Mm. Will someone call? Will someone call them and talk to them? Well, how much of a cock are they going to look? If uh, say you work with a couple of senior people and they write you a special little letter, and then your PI writes you a special little letter and you look great. And then someone's going to employ you and they call this motherfucker you worked for for a brief period of time, like three years ago or whatever it is. And they pick the phone up and go, no, he's terrible. No, I didn't like her. No, they're fucking stupid and they couldn't handle the pressure and they left early and I didn't like them. I mean, what kind of a cock are they going to look? Yeah. These things are so fucking overrated. 
we're told to expect, you know, there's something, he's also, I mean, it's also, if you're ever thinking of getting out of science, no one gives a fuck about your recommendation letter. Nah, not at all. If you're in a biology lab and you spend the entire time going, oh, I hope my recommendation letter from fuckity fuck is good, and then you end up leaving and you go and get a job working anywhere in (laughs) corporate biology, biotech, drugs- uh, different facets of healthcare. No one's ever going to go, well, what's the considered opinion of your old boss on whether or not you're a nice person? No Being one gives squat. a fuck. This is an academic only paranoia, right? Hmm. It's also, you're also, I mean, you're doing, a, you're doing a thing. You're not even required to list it on your CV in a while. Just list the fact the papers were there. Leave it the fuck off. Yeah. So, it sounds it like there's- doesn't- in- it sounds like they're in quite a good situation in the sense that they're visiting and they can go back to what seems to be a sympathetic PI. Um, and you're well, right. You would you would hope so. You yeah. would hope so. This, this, I mean, we don't this, we don't have any explicit guarantees of that. Yeah. But, I mean, this could be a whole lot worse. I, honestly, I think that it reads to me from an email like this, like you're asking us for like permission to go. And the thing is, like you, you're like you're foregoing a publication. Nah. Yeah, look, you're gonna you're gonna do a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> here's here's something that you could um look, this is something that I'm not hugely proud of, but I'm not particularly ashamed by it. If I've got things that I'm supposed to be doing and I'm working on this is like during my PhD. There's things that I'm supposed to be doing. Um I will do I will tell you that I'm doing it to the absolute bare minimum amount possible and work on something useful. So here's here's a question for 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 our intrepid grad student here and for everyone else who's listening. What would happen if you just wrote your own fucking paper? What would happen if you wrote a soil author paper and published it? Yeah. What would happen if you wrote a software toolbox and published it? Would you get in trouble? <laughs> no one has control is- over what you do in your spare time. Yeah. Yeah, how, how, how many hours are you contracted to do uh, exactly. during a fucking week? Yeah, look, I'm not exactly a poster child for great work-life balance when it comes to ec- extracurricular work because- But, you but know, it's, it's your choice. You hang you up your shingle. You do. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, actually- I'm saying that my, my tolerance for it means I might have a more positive experience of it than other people just because I don't consider it to be something that, that, that wrecks my shit. But it does wreck other people's shit. I've yeah. actually you raised- can find yourself in a situation where you 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 find yourself like riding two horses with one ass. <laughs> I've actually raised this idea of demonstrating independence. That it's it's much better to demonstrate independence by doing a solo author paper than it is by moving labs by moving overseas. And I've actually got a lot of blowback. Oh, it's not that easy to 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 do that. And I, to, I don't to quite- move labs or to write a solo. Author no, 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 no. To, to to write a solo author paper. And of course, I, it's not. Of course, it's not easy. No, it's, it's not. It's not easy. Did, you didn't. Did you say it was easy? I never said it was easy. But people are saying it's. It's not realistic. It's not realistic to write a solo author paper. How can I do that? I can't collect data. But it's. The, <laughs> but it's. It, it's. It's. There are so many other options for actually writing solo author papers. But I, I. I got surprisingly more blowback than I anticipated when I mentioned this uh, months ago. I mentioned this in a tweet that you're much better off demonstrating independence by doing a solo author paper. Well, it is a pretty good way to achieve the status of being independent by literally being provably and straightforwardly fucking independent. Yeah. Rather than changing the affiliation of who you work with. Yeah, shit, yeah. Look, if someone comes to me and says, I got a solo author paper on a, a technical subject, I believe that they know what they're talking about. 
I believe their contribution. Yeah. It's one unassailable statement that you did something. I think um, so many- especially, especially during a PhD. Oh, it's super impressive. So, Look, that's it. Honestly, you could, if you, if it's a matter of like trying to get this together or you want to run the contract down without doing anything else, like you, you've got to, I mean, what else could you do with the time? A, a, a lot of things in life are written off as a bad job because it's not worth the trouble to complete it. And no one, it, oh, it's a, another, another thing, you get an agreement, see if you can write a data paper, just aggregate all the data, it's useful, it's the thing, stick it in a fucking data journal, make a database. There's, it's, it's, uh, these situations are hard to navigate. The, the main problem is the fact you're going to have to have a negotiation with a person who's obviously a cock. Um, should we do the next question? Let's do the next question. And the, the next okay. important question. Um... Recent soul-crushing event, uh, demoted authorship, another person pulled up, contributed much less than me, but this is a year's worth of my work. Most of the writing, design, data collection, back-end coding, etc. Um, so, it looks like... Okay, so if someone else is in the position to change the authorship on you, and they've done it in a way that's, I mean, what's not clear is why they did that. Mm. I mean, PAs make this strategic decisions about this person who's under my employment slash rubric, whatever, they haven't got enough stuff in their PhD. So, I will I will put them up on papers that they don't deserve so yeah. it looks better. So, they're making a strategic decision about how people work for them are seen externally. Um, it makes everything look a little bit more collaborative. And uh, honestly, look, you don't really lose anything. But, you know, this question concludes with can can and should I fight this doesn't matter. This is only my fourth paper so far. Um, honestly, look, if someone's moving up, if you're going from uh, – if you you're, it's, it's being changed, unless you're actually being knocked off first author on your own project, in which case you might have a much better case to kick it. Um, if it's a matter of shuffling and you're dealing with someone who's not going to listen to what you say, um, I think you just take the hit. Yeah. Honestly, I think there's like, do you want to fight it? Like how? How long is it going to take? What would that consist of? Yeah. Are you going to complain to someone who's going to take complaints to be a, a mediate affront to their very soul? Like how the fuck are you going to navigate that? I mean, it's it's so much easier to deal with things when you don't care and yeah. when it doesn't when there's no consequences. It's yeah. so much easier to do that. Uh, and it's this is this is something that the, like the back end of this shittiness is born out of the extreme levels of competition that are required to get and maintain different scientific employment opportunities. There's so much fucking competition everyone's consistently paranoid about like how is this how how will this be seen like like oh, this is in, this is unjust but what do I do do I want to risk actually having a conversation about fairness here it's like, I mean that what do I want to risk the downside of having a conversation about fairness um look honestly the other thing is i mean you're still going to be on the fucking manuscript mm. um it's not getting robbed off you um so 
fuck I would honestly when it comes to when it comes to shit like that there's a level past which it's really really difficult to prosecute that case with someone who is not going to listen but um what do you would you disagree with anything I've just said no I mean I've spoken with a few students who have had exactly the same situation uh well not exactly the same but where a senior person has kicked up a stink that they haven't been included as like seventh author and the student comes to me going, oh, you know, that they, they, they want to get included. They've done arguably not enough, but maybe if you twist someone's arm, you could, you could sort of say they've done enough to actually be ju- to, to ju- justify authorship. What do I do? I don't think they just, I, I don't think they, uh, they should be an author. But I just tell them, honestly, if it's like fighting for sixth or seventh author, it's not worth it. It's just not worth your time. Um, cause it's, it's, it's no, you, like these people are still first author and it's no skin off your back. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's, it's stupid. It, it makes, it make, makes the, the, the senior yeah. person look stupid for, for fighting for a seventh authorship. Doctors, uh, are, doctors are notorious for this. <laughs> Probably said this on the podcast before, but the medical profession has the worst reputation when it comes to, Hey, I breathe the same air as you in this corridor. And, um, I bought the <laughs> chairs in the break room. So I've made a meaningful contribution to your paper. Um, I've had two strategies to this previously. Um, one is to do exactly what you just said. And it's like, at some point in time, this is like, this is some mafiosi bullshit. Yeah. They want 5% of the takings of my onion shop. Um, <laughs> it's easier not to get my windows broken. Look, it's a standover. Yeah, it yeah? is. It is. It is. That, but exactly life is full is. of compromises. But the other thing that I've done that's significantly more dickish is put them to work. Flag the manuscript up with all the different things where you think they might have any individual contributions and then they write back and you write back to them and flag up the <laughs> contributions more. I read that, I read this, I did the actual thing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Oh, because, you know, that they'll, they'll, you say you, you get your seventh author and you flag up a dozen things. Like, I'd appreciate your input on this. I'd appreciate your input on this. Mm. Or, what do you think about this? Or, like, this is one of your papers. Did I cite it correctly? What do you think <laughs> about it? Et cetera, et cetera. Now, I- if they don't want it to be delayed, <laughs> right, they've actually got to do it. And you're including them as an author. You want to be included as an author? You get to work. And if they take a month getting back to you, you can ask them if they'd consider not being an author so you can get it finished because they've just refused to conduct the activities of authorship. I- Fuck with people. I that have, was my second option. I have actually done that a few times. <laughs> I've literally said, hey, you know, uh, I, I understand you're quite busy at the moment and that's fine. Um, but if, if, you, if, you can't, if you can't get back to me, we, 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 we want to submit by this date, then um, we're mm. going to have to relook at the authorship order. And lo and behold, mm. a day later, there's their nice contribution to the paper. Oh, what a fucking surprise. But you, you know what it also does? It makes them it makes them think. It, one, you're also, you're fully entitled. No one's ever going to go, how dare you ask questions of the author in your own paper? It doesn't matter how senior how dare they, they are, do how work. fancy they are. Like, how dare you request work from someone who wants to be involved as an author? I mean, that's what you stand behind. I'm sorry. I thought you wanted to be involved as an author. I appreciate your contributions. I'm taking the full opportunity while you're here to use your expertise to make this paper better. Now, get me answers to all my 17 questions by Tuesday, or I'm going to come down to your office and kick your plants over. I had one person that actually said, you know what? Uh, you take me off the paper. <laughs> Good. 
I happened once. And I, I basically said, here's the thing. Can you please contribute to XYZ? I've been told you have to be an author on this paper. And they wrote back going, uh, you know what? Um, perhaps this paper isn't best suited for me. I'm like, cool. Everyone wins. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the mafia come around to collect their money, and there's a bunch of thugs from out of town in there, and they yeah, know that they're, they're all going to get shot and full of broken yeah, they, glass. They, keep like, on walking, mate. You, keep on I walking. I tell you, protection money, motherfucker. You better throw down with these guys, and you don't know where they came from. Huh? It's like nothing to do with me. It's like, yeah, well, you know, you get five percent of the onion shop. Get to work. Get those blackjacks out. Start cracking <laughs> skulls. This is what I pay you for. This is what I pay you for. These onions don't sell themselves, motherfucker. <laughs> no, no. I think we could we could sum that up pretty easily. I think our collective attitude to that is um uh slide slide that one. Yeah. Take it. And also in future, like I've I never get involved in a paper now without a significant upfront conversation about authorship about what what where things are going to yeah, go i've been so doing this for years super important like, what's gonna what's gonna go where who wants to write it in writing uh, as well uh, yep yep and they they always work if you're going to be doing a lot of the work because if you're going to be doing a lot of the work you're going to get to a point really soon where there's things that you just don't fucking want to do <laughs> You know, you're going to be involved somewhere. You're going to be doing something, but there's things that you just don't want to do. And you'll look at either a, like a data set that you got or an experiment yeah. that you have to run and go, I don't want to do this. It happens all the time. I don't want to do this. This is like, please, please make me third author on this shit and mm. make it go away. Once your dance card starts to fill up, you're going to become a whole lot more reasonable because it's not a matter of yeah. I've got to go out and get some stuff. It's yeah. a matter of I've got to make it to Friday without having a fucking aneurysm. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> it kind of saves you. I t- I tell you what. Look, here's here's two things. We'll, we'll finish up with this. Yeah. I, I know you've got to run off and make tacos or something, or whatever <laughs> you miserable people do. Here's here's your primary contribution to that you can make that's not in these questions. Number one, people are going to come and want to work at this place, right? Or people are going to ask you about this place. You've got to find the right diplomatic language to tell them what's up. Yeah, I'm not saying take out a billboard, Professor X Y Z is a fuck hat <laughs> in sixty foot letters. None of, none of that shit. You've got to find the right way to tell people that this is what's up, and that you had a really bad time, and that everyone else hates it, and that needs to be communicated because someone's going to turn up. Is like you are you are part of the problem if someone turns up for like an open interview or they're going to come and visit or whatever. Right. If you're not, you are not taking care of that person. If you don't take them aside and say, "Listen, this is what it's like. Yeah. This is how difficult it is to navigate. This is what's happening to all of us. Ask any of us." Right. The biggest look in my job right now. The biggest. This is a baller move that my boss pulled, and it made me trust him straight away. I had the interview. I talked to a few people. They made sure everything's fine, and he's like, "I'm sure you want to talk to people who work here in my absence." I'm going to go now, talk to anyone you like. And he didn't tell the other people about this because they were all surprised. Like, oh, you want to talk about that? Okay, whatever. Talk to anyone who works here you like in my absence. I will fucking stand on my record of trying to make this place run the way it's supposed to. I'll give you an hour, have coffee with them, sit down, play darts. I don't give a shit, but have that conversation with the people who work here. That's a great move. 
and he hadn't like if you want if you want trust is like go and find out what people are saying about me when I'm not here. Yeah. I've seen people do that version electronically where they're saying, here is a list of all the people that work in my lab and who have worked in my lab. Feel free to email any of them. I'm like, that yep. is putting your money where your mouth is. And that is the yep. that is such that is such a good way to do it. Yeah. I got um I got someone swerved me on a job uh, once before this one. Um I won't say where it is, but the guy who was leaving was leaving to go elsewhere and the lab was getting um uh they were changing, uh, setting up a position. It wasn't too far away. I mean it would have been a we would have had some two body shit going on, but it's only in Philly and you can drive to Philly from here. So I mean that's not too far. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to Japan or back home, right? Yeah. And the guy who set the job up like open there because he was leaving, right? He set the job up and he said, listen, this is what it's like here. This is how I'd navigate it. Considering your thing, like your situation, call me up and we'll talk about it. And he's like, got to the end and he's like, I get the impression that uh, I don't think you want this job. I know they got it open because I have to open it, but this is what the experience is like. And you told me what you're interested in and what's up. I don't think you want this job. Wow. Whoa, and you're literally trying to recruit me. Go, well, yeah, I'm being paid to recruit you, but I don't want to see you. You seem like a reasonable kind of dude with the interests that are reasonably close to this, and I don't want to see you lose it because you've hit the wall. Wow. Like, whoa, okay. So, look, that shit does happen. Yeah. And I did say there were two things. That's obviously one of them, yeah? And the other thing is you've got to get some vague sense of, like, you need some kind of lab solidarity thing i don't know if you've got it but you've got to tell other people that that they've got to be honest about what it's like um because they're going to last potentially longer than you mm. and every job's eventually going to get filled but in my opinion people who run labs like this don't deserve good people yeah totally agree I didn't think that. I mean, obviously, someone's going to take the fucking job eventually. It's science. If you had a job that said, like, this is like you've got a 4-4 teaching split and then we expect you to eat a pound of shit every morning and then you're, <laughs> then you're allowed to do research, yeah, you're going to have applicants out the ass. But the people who are trying to make headway into, like, scientific endeavor that excites them, this is exactly the kind of situation that fucking stabs that in the guts and leaves it in the moonlight. Yeah. This is the this is the place that kills your appreciation for being able to do your job. And we haven't even touched, I don't know if it's directly relevant, but we haven't even touched like legitimate harassment, sexual harassment. Oh uh, yeah, that that's like a whole lab 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 fuckery. So yeah. this is in some respects is the thin end of the wedge, yeah. which should put the whole thing into nasty nasty relief. The thin end of the fucking wedge. No, none of this. Uh, that like someone, someone put the wrong antibodies in all my samples. People sent us data that didn't work on purpose because our collaborators hate us. Um, there's a fucking PhD student who keeps touching the text, and no one knows what the fuck to do about it because he's PI McFuck's special best friend. Shit like that happens all the time, and it's that's it's it doesn't look like it enters into the equation here which is dealing with an asshole so you know you've got to put your asshole management hat on and keep soldiering i'm sorry all of this shit is happening to you mm. um 
I was kind of in the mood to do a really positive podcast. As you can tell, I'm actually properly slept right now. I'm yeah. not communicating with a normal kind of surliness that you might expect. You seem, you seem um, quite chipper. It's good. Chipper. I'm just together today. Um, it Look, it obviously, I, I, I never go back and listen to our podcasts over time. Because how much my mood changes from podcast to podcast bums me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> you got one, I'm all jolly. I'm throwing shit at your head. I'm, I'm doing. I I I I vape um, when I'm at home. I vape and then I I blow the vapor at the the camera so Dan can't see me. And then mm. I pop out of the mist like a dragon. Or the cat pops up. <laughs> oh, it's like so suddenly the cat appears. So people can't see. This is what when we if we. If we manage to get this, uh, it's like seamless switch to video shit going on. People realize that just what an irritating fuck I am when I'm in a good mood. <laughs> and then I go into being just a horrible, surly piece of shit. Yeah. And I know, I know I'm doing that. And I have to, I fight against this all the time, but this is me trying to stop it. <laughs> you ever get that things? Anyone ever met you down and goes, oh, you're, so you're different in real life than you are on the internet? Uh, you're not really. You're a very consistent man. Yeah, people tell me all no. the time. Uh, so do, I'm, I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming you get that by the sounds of it. I'm way worse in real life. It's what people don't realize. They go, "Wow, you're very sort of like explicit, mm-hmm. noisy." You, you got that with your NPR interview. They were like, who, who, "Who's this? Uh, who's this, Heather's?" I, I couldn't. I didn't actually recognize you. Oh yeah, but it's been polite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We that's, should. Link that's why me. you didn't recognise me. We should. Because we should, we you've met me. We should. We should. <laughs> we should link to that uh, in, NPR interview. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's the oh, same. It's the same the, as your um, the, the picture you have on your website. Yeah. It's like that picture yeah, you have on your website. I was so I was so so sleep deprived during that interview, and this woman's like, "Are you?" Uh, she was. She was great. She was super super nice, and she together. Good questions. Mm. Good facilities. Yeah, NPR in Boston kicks ass when it comes to, you know, you want to do it, get it done, have them report it responsibly, and not spend too much time sitting on a fucking couch waiting to talk. Uh, they kill it. Yeah, um, it was cool. Um, I think that's the one Joe Friedman set up. Hi, Joe, if you're listening. You have ridiculous hair, but I love you. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Check, yeah. Check out the interview. It, yeah. It's it's nothing like sleep. Sleep depth's good. Sleep depth's really good for that. You know we're doing it's that really in our lab. Easy to fake normal. It's really easy to fake normal when you're tired. We're, we're doing that in our lab. <laughs> we're doing sleep deprivation stuff. Uh, <laughs> we've tried 24 hours and we're like, let's do more. So we're, we're pushing for uh for for, for two day deprivation, uh, and seeing how it affects brain function. It's incredible. The the hardest thing is actually keep keeping them awake. Uh, oh yeah. Obvious, obviously, yeah, yeah, but sure. no, it's it's super interesting sure. stuff. We're going to wrap up for today's episode. Uh, thanks for thanks to our listener for sending in that email. As always, you can contact us. Easiest way is via our website, like a lot of other people have. Uh, Everything hurts dot com forward slash contact and there's a form where you uh, will receive your emails but you can also contact us via twitter at hertz podcast either through replies or through dms but uh yes please keep the questions coming uh we we love it and we love answering the questions uh any final words james yeah look um there's no, there's no need for. I mean, the end of that. And this has been just an hour's worth of painful dirge. I mean, obviously, I feel bad for this guy, but look, there's no motivational conclusion for something like this, right? After you've done with, like, at some point in time, you've got to see it with clear eyes, and then you've got to make a plan and fucking execute. And it's all very well for me to say it, but now you actually need to. 
go out and deal with this asshole. So there's no there's no cheerleading that anyone else can have to do for you, and you're gonna have more than one shit boss in your life mm. because people are dreadful. Um, learning to navigate it and not let it affect you is a skill in and of itself. I still don't even know if I'm any good at it because part of that skill is avoiding working with anyone who's genuinely awful, is not getting into these situations in the first place. That shit is hard, but honestly, you're in a, a place where you have every... You have, I think you have a very, very strong probability of navigating this with your shit intact. Sounds like it. So we're we're pulling for you. Yeah. And anyone who's in a situation like this is, yeah, this is like doing exactly what uh, Anonymous Malone did here. And um, this is why we're here. All right. That's all for the, this episode. Uh, we'll be back again in two weeks' time with the new Everything Hurts. See you later. Oh, yeah.